0: Hello and welcome to Tell Us Your Effin' Story, a podcast by franchisors for franchisors, where we go behind the scenes of some of the most interesting characters in the Australian franchise sector. I'm your host, Bruce McFarlane, with my co host, John Sully. Today we're here with Darren Wallace, a director at GJ Gardner Homes. Welcome, Daz. Thank you. All right, Daz. Tell us your fucking story. <laughs> okay, it's not, it's John. It's Sorry. a franchising story we want to hear, not your fucking story. It's I'm your trying franchising to get it right. <laughs> Tell so let's go right back, mate. So where'd you grow up, you know, as a kid? What were you into, into as a kid? Uh, mate, I grew up in Western Queensland until
1: high school, so um, on the farm with the uh, Dad and the brothers and the sister. And, uh, mate, I was into everything, anything farming kids were into. Like, I was out shooting kangaroos and fishing every day when I could and uh,
0: just doing all the farm things. How many in the family? Uh, two brothers and a sister. Yep. And so mum and dad both in the farm, working yep, in the farm. Yep. What's, yeah. What sort of farm was it?
1: Uh, sheep and wheat, mostly. Yeah. Out sort of western Queensland. Where, so whereabouts? Uh, Hannaford, which is uh, just west of about an hour and a half west of Dalby. Right. If you know where that yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's out that way. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and that was until about high school. Um, but dad decided that um, being the good dad he was, he didn't really want to send us off to boarding school because that's sort of what happened out there. You know, there's mm. no. It's once you hit a certain age, there's not that many high schools close by. And so... I did six months in a boarding school in Dolby, and dad said, Well, that's enough. And uh, he up and up the family, sold the farm, and I know that was hard for him because he's a farmer at heart. And uh, we moved over to the Sunny Coast, and dad put us in a Christian school over on the Sunny Coast and uh, wow. did all my schooling there. And dad took on various uh, small businesses. He's always been a small business owner, you know, coming from the farm. He had uh, yeah. like a vinyl plastic welding business for years, and then did a couple of other things, but then went back to the Vinyl plastic welding until he basically retired. So,
2: geez, that's a big call. Was that was had he bought that farm originally, or was that a yep. family farm? Yeah,
1: no, he'd bought that. We were originally from South Australia, right. and Dad and his brothers uh, all gradually did the migration from sort of South Australia around the Mallee there mm. uh, up to Queensland, where it's supposed to be the you know the new fertile soil, the, new, you know, mm-hmm. the Western Front, yeah. you know, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, so, the food capital of the world. Yeah. yeah. So so where are you
0: and are you the oldest i'm the oldest yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so high school on the sunny coast and um and so what sort of things what else other than but you know just um schooling and stuff what other things Were you into sport or into Uh,
1: oh look not really i've had a fair fair bit of tennis at school i was into making money fairly early on <laughs> <laughs> i remember when I out on the farm i convinced dad that he'd pay me per pig to trap pigs and he, he had to help me set the traps up <laughs> so we'd, and i, was, we're, I remember we getting a we'd, we'd fatten these we get these piglets and we'd trap them in the traps and then i'd fatten them up and then we'd sell them off to the to the market so you know and then i remember one time i decided mate everyone must love catfish because it's a good fish to eat so i went and caught all these catfish <laughs> and then i froze them right so freeze frozen catfish yeah, so probably not it's getting Western, better yeah, it's getting good <laughs> and i put the ad in the local um school black and white two page newsletter that went out every month yeah and you know it was probably 40 kids at school so you're not a massive reach and everyone's got a farm anyway and i said mum get ready today right for the phone to ring because i've got the ad going in the local t- uh, local schools <laughs> <laughs> newsletter
0: not a call. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a good failed entrepreneur yeah, early yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so, this is surprising. what twelve. This is when you're twelve. Yeah. Was <laughs> the phone number on the ad? Yeah,
1: the phone number's
0: on the ad. <laughs> and um, what about when you were um, on the sunny coast? What sort of you yeah, start some little businesses on, while you're in high school?
1: Oh yeah, I was always doing something. You know, like I was trying to do av- collecting avocado. I learned early on that working for an hourly rate was Pretty shit, you know. Like you go and mow <laughs> lawns for five bucks, and have to get mum to drop me off at the lawnmower. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to work out. Oh, okay, if I collect navos and put them on the side of the road, or uh, um, you know, trap birds illegally or something like that, it was possible. was possible told you, kidding. Kidding.
2: But no. but so where? How old were you then? Did, so that when you moved from from there, yep. from home, from Dolby, whatever, yep. to south to. Sunshine Coast.
1: Yeah, year eight, it's so about 13. You know. Yeah, okay. So.
2: But your eyes must have been out on stalks, I would have thought. That's, a, that's oh. a radical change. Oh,
1: I remember fishing out, north, out west and then saying to Dad when we moved over, I said, well, wh- what sort of fish are we going to catch? There's no fish. You know, like, I'm used to yellowbelly and catfish. I didn't realise yeah. like there's a million other in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So I remember my younger brother at the time, so he's eight years younger than me, so um, he saw the ocean for the first time and he goes, Dad, that's a big dam. <laughs> <laughs> It was quite oh. unique coming all the way over because, you know, spending your life out in Western Queensland and then sort of coming across the sunny coast. Because back then, it, you know, if you did that on a holiday, that was a big holiday. Mm. You know, like it wasn't sort of like today where everyone goes skiing in Japan. Like was yeah, like exactly. That was a holiday to go for a weekend. Not everyone does that, yeah. by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: and, and what about um at school? So, you you know, you're pretty entrepreneurial and stuff, but you decided to... You're, you've gone down the studious path and you've gone and, you know, you, you're, uh, you became an accountant, so you're obviously at school into some of the business subjects.
1: Well, the funny thing was, I was actually interested in science and mm. I was um, very high marks in chemistry and, and the sciences and I went to an open day at the Queensland U, at the UQ and someone should take notice of this. I went to the opening day there, walked up to the science, like the chemistry sort of faculty and I said, oh look, I'm interested in, in chemists. And I said, what the hell are you interested in that for? I said, well, I don't know, I, I like it. They go, well, there's no real jobs. You'll end up just mixing, you'll just end up wearing a mixing medicines for someone. I said, oh, that's shit. So I thought, oh, that's no good. So Hell I of thought, a sales yeah, pitch. Yeah, I know. And then I went home and went, what else? Well, I like money, so I guess I'll do accounting. And, yeah. I, and I remember going to union. I hadn't done any accounting, any economics in All high right. school, nothing. And I said to the lecturer, listen, I don't think, I've done nothing. I don't really know what this debits and credits all about. You started talking about He goes, well, I'll give you six weeks. And if you can't catch up, because that's when we cover 11 and 12, you're out. You might as well go. I said, oh, all right, yeah.
0: So managed to catch up somehow. I don't know how, but we yeah, uh, work out. Did the accounting degree and yeah, did, and enjoyed it while you were there?
1: Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, but after three years, I'd done. Because you know, I, I wanted to do com law at the time. It's probably lucky I didn't because at three years I was like, I need to make some money. This is fucked. Oh, this mm. is not yeah. great. Oh know, no, right? we get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I put myself through by working at a pizza place from ten o'clock at night till six o'clock in the morning oh, on geez. Fridays and Saturday nights, so I could pay for my way through uni. So
2: wow, but can I just go back to your mum and dad? Um, that is a massive change for them. How did they go getting off the land and coming into, you know?
1: Yeah, look, they they struggled a bit, you know. Mum was definitely like you know the traditional um, home mm. person for a on a farm where the, there was yeah. a certain role that you know looking after people and looking after kids and doing a thousand things for the farm, and and Dad was a traditional farmer. And like they, I know he struggled for a, a while because you know he is still a farmer at heart. But yep. um, they're both such family people. That, you know, they live for their kids, and you know, mm. and we certainly. We love them for it and they just you know, they do everything for, for us kids and we've been very, very lucky to have the parents that we have.
2: So what did he do? What did what did they do when they got there? What were they doing?
1: Uh well Dad I think he did uh, he was contracting to a couple of furniture places with a big truck doing a removalist. Yep. And then he and then he got into vinyl plastic welding as a franchise. Oh, yeah, U- yeah. color I think it's called was yeah. what it was called. It was a franchise all over Australia at the time. Vinyl plastic welding. So he'd go to the car yards and he'd do the the dashes and the steering wheels and any rips in seats and stuff and and touch them all up, fix them all up and yeah, um, right. And uh, he ran that for years. He sold the business then and then ended up buying it back. I think when the guy was no good and had it till he retired. So yep.
2: yeah. And did your mum make mates pretty quickly up there? Because that would have been a pretty important part.
1: Yeah, it was different. You know, like farming communities can be different to coastal communities. You know, they, mm. it's yeah well, we, were, we were close to our fam, our friends and family out there mm. obviously and um, but look they were involved in a, in a local church and I think made made some pretty good friends pretty quickly which was good so but I mean it was a change then you think you know they're probably I don't know mid 40s or something when they did that so yeah. you know like it's uh, well earlier sorry you know it's a big change yeah well,
2: so if you were 12 and you're the oldest yeah, yeah. Brung, your brother's the youngest so he's yeah. 8 years
1: oh they got two uh, brothers they've got two brothers and
0: a yeah. sister yeah so. yeah okay and um, so we'll go on the business side of things now. So you finished your degree, you know, Greek started GJs in 1983 and then 1994. So 11 years later, you'd come in, you know, in an accounting role yes. into the business. Yeah. So, you know, what attracted, was that your first like proper accounting role? Or you oh, done, absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. I was, <laughs> funny thing was, I was I'd was i gotten into the habit you know, of playing golf when I was at uni. You know, Fridays was always golf day. And then I had a fair bit of golf and then I was, Teach music on the side for cash, you know, as well as working the pizza place, and then i realised well
0: the tax office aren't watching, yeah, it. no. <laughs> 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 so I
1: would like do music in the morning. I thought, oh, I'll just do music in the morning for cash, and I'll play golf in the afternoon. That'll be my week, right? But, but yeah,
0: that was you that was your that
1: was, your that was the <laughs> idea. I thought, this could be, no, oh, thinking what it would do be you fun. play? What do you play? Yeah, what music, what music. What were you doing? Oh, I play piano. Yeah. yeah, right. So yeah, I used to play a lot of piano. So anyway, but then. I don't know how, but this the uh, GJ rang me up, uh, the whoever was running the recruitment, rang me up and said, oh, you reply, if you're you know, interested, we've you got your name from the CES or something. I still don't know how my name ever got there. I don't even remember putting my name with anyone. They rang me up and said, oh, you're know, interested in an accountant role. I said, oh, better go look at that. Actually, because two days prior, I'd signed a contract with uh, one of the other schools to go in and do some contract teaching music with them. Um, sort of like a part time role. Um, and I just said yes to them. So I was sort of in a pickle because then I went down to this uh, interview and it seemed to go okay. And I think it was probably because I was pretty relaxed, you know. So, you know, when someone really wants a job, mm. they don't get yeah. the job. I was sort of yeah. pretty relaxed and, yeah, sort of whatever. And then they called me back and they offered me the job. So I went to a good mate of mine and said, Shit, I'm in a bit of a pickle here. Like, I've said yes to this other mob over here. And I sort of, so he said, Mate, you know, you've given this. This, you've spent three years at uni, you've got to give this a crack. So I said, yeah, yeah, fair call. So I went to the school and said, listen, I'm really sorry, but you know, I explained it. You know, I've studied all this time. Just, I've got a job. And he said, yeah, I said, I'll said, i work for free for two weeks. Mm. And, um, well, I'll get there. I'll tell them I can start in two weeks and I'll do a couple of weeks free for you just so you get yeah, out of a pickle. Mm. And he said, oh, yeah, thanks. That's fine. Yeah, no drama. So then I did a couple of weeks for those guys for free, teaching students. And then I um, started with JJ as the assistant accountant. So,
0: so how big was GJ's? Like eleven years in,
1: it was the large. I think it was either it was in the top three at one point. I think ninety three, just before I got there, it was the largest builder in Queensland. Okay, so, so just but, in Queensland, just at the in time. Queensland, yeah, yep. but yeah, just in Queensland at the time. Yep. They had six and got up to eight regional offices, all owned um as a corporate sort of yep. structure. Yep. Uh, so each office had its manager from sort of Harvey Bay down to the Gold Coast. so in,
2: so who started it? Some like Greg. Gary, no, yeah, Greg, Greg Gardner, Greg He's Gardner. Still
0: Star- oh right, okay, yes, 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 Star- got
1: it. JJ Gardner Homes, so. and yeah. and
0: so you've come in in the accounting role, but um, you know, when back in the day were you involved in IT and you're involved in all different parts of the business or was it? Well, not, really just not the just not right out? at the start because
1: yeah. we had a he had a you know, probably sixty staff. You know, okay. between the various yeah. offices, there's probably probably ten or a dozen at head office. Um, so I was strictly accounting. You know, like yep. I was putting together. Overhead spreadsheets and you know, dividing up the bloody overheads amongst the offices that all the managers used to whinge about were not allocate Who got the you know, allocated corporate office overheads? You know, yeah, <laughs> those yeah. sort of things. So I was doing a pure accounting role and um, and then until we franchised, yeah. Then I so, sort of took on some more. Roles. So which is
0: only you've only been there a couple of years and the franchising. Oh, sorry, 1994 you started, 1996. Hmm. You started franchising. So was this something that Greg had always thought of or did you bring it to the table or?
1: No, what happened was there was a guy from Rockhampton and um, he walked in our office one day and said, I need to see the owner. And so we said, all right, have a chat to Greg. And he said, listen, I've been down to the HR. I want to grow my business. And they said, well, you should buy a franchise. Right, that's what they they said. Maybe you should talk to a builder about a franchise. Now there was no building franchises back yeah. then, so I don't know who said it and mm, what they mm. what they were thinking. But he's walked in. I want to buy a franchise, and Greg goes, "Well, we don't sell franchises, but I want all your sisters. I want this." And Greg goes, "Oh, well, okay. I will tell you what, give well, me a few months, now. give me a couple of months, <laughs> mm. and I'll, I'll sell you a franchise." And Greg comes downstairs and says, "Right, we're going to franchise." And the general manager at the time, um, Mr. Steve Morecambe, uh said, "Well, if you ever sell franchise, I want Kiwana." And so Greg said, "Oh shit!" So he rang around all the managers, and all bar one said, "Yep, you want a franchise? I'll take my, my, I'll take my area." So we went from like maybe franchising to everyone wanted to buy, everyone wanted their store as a franchise. Yeah. And so that's when we, for about three months, Greg, myself, and the executive teams, a few others involved, then just spent nights and nights writing, trying to write manuals, and design <laughs> up software, and do everything to try and tra- transform. A construction business into a franchise business. So, you
0: know nothing about franchising at this point, neither does Greg. Nothing, yeah. Oh, Greg
1: knew a little bit because there was a a mob called James Home Services. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you heard of those guys. Yep. Um, Greg, that guy was what was Greg's, used to wash Greg's car, and he said to Greg, I've got this idea to franchise car washing. And um, and he started, so Greg gave him some seed capital and he started James Home Services, which went on to have about 300 franchises and mm. then got us a bit of drama later on in life. But yep. Yep. Uh, Greg had sold out by that point. So, But Greg said, yeah, yeah, no, I know about franchising. That's what we'll do. Da, 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 da. So we started franchising um, straight away. And that's when, um, you know, that's when my role probably changed. Because yeah. Greg walked in one day and said, well, you can, you do sales as well then you're An accountant do sales, I'm going, yeah, that sort of goes together, mm. doesn't it? Yeah,
0: good combination. <laughs>
1: yeah, so we, I started on sort of sales then, so I started selling franchises. And
0: you're still pretty up. young, though, to be, yeah, in yeah. Sort of yeah. Well, I grew a beard, yeah, and, <laughs> I, and I, I grew
1: a beard to look 10 years older. And then when I got old enough, I shaved it off to look 10 years younger.
2: <laughs> so, what you would have been 25 or 6 yeah, then? Yeah, then? I was
1: yeah, even younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 24, 25 when I was trying out, sell, fran- go out, sell franchises. Wow. And, it was it was yeah it was a wild west days you know like too, like, you know we used to, you know when you're starting a franchise rightly or wrongly you know you you want franchises you you you're signing up probably people you maybe shouldn't. So. Did you
0: read the thing called the code?
1: There was no code. Back then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah 1997 oh no Bond, yeah, yeah, yeah Just just, laundry, just, in, just in.
1: <laughs> code. Just talk about throwing you in the deep and Greg said to me one time hey you wanna you wanna weekend out at the, ca- the cast? Did he say nothing Jupiter? I said oh shit yeah. He goes, oh, Can you just go and um, on your way down, call into that Gold Coast franchise and um, tell him he's not a franchise anymore and grab the gear? I went, mm-hmm. Well, shit, you know how hard can that be? It's so, a couple of hours, surely. <laughs> so I went down to Sacred Franchise, and he took his gear, at the casino. So,
0: so, what sort of systems did you. So, that was getting him out. So what sort of involved getting them in yeah you know, selecting yeah. i imagine you've had a few that didn't quite work out yeah, so yeah. how did you sort of pick the good ones from the bad ones in the early days oh uh,
1: look the early days we did I, I will admit we used to worry about getting rid of them later you know we would sign them up i would there was a lot of that and then you sort of regret it later on you think you know maybe a selection criteria would have been a bit better you know so it was uh, you know having said that you know like in our game you know you've got to be a builder so you've got to have a builder's license so back then you know there wasn't the same sort of um i guess amount of people that are you know can can own a franchise you know you mm. you go to a town and there's probably only 50 people at, at best that in a regional town they've got the ability to actually buy the franchise you know because they've got to have a builder's you know, a build, a build license and everything but mm. you know i've always said and i, I do stick by this even now that, you know, if you get a a hundred candidates, you know, I can tell you the bottom 20 that just do not sign now, and I probably took a couple of those on in the old days, but, you know, do not sign and then, you know, you got the next 80% and I can't, I can usually then, you you might be able to pick the top 20, but then that other middle gap, I can't tell you whether he's going to be number 21 or number 89 or, Mm. you know, 79 or whatever, like, they are just um, I think there's a lot of things that come into play once a guy, once you take a guy off the tools or you take someone out of, um, you know, out of a corporate job and yep. and you put them in their own business. Yep. Um, it's very hard to pick that, you know, and you got to take a bit of gut feeling about that, you know, definitely don't take on the bottom 20 now, you know, like you got to be, you know, and I think as selection criteria has gotten better over the you know, much, much better over the years. And you know because if you see the mistakes that, that go on, so but that was, they
2: were the days in the, in the 90s and to an extent early 2000s where
1: it was they can fog up the glass and you're in yeah there was definitely a bit of that sort of stuff i mean we pretty quickly though because it's a reputation thing in the construction industry you know if a builder goes broke you got people with unfinished homes right so mm. i joke about taking anyone on right but Realistically, our other franchisees put put a pretty hard word on early on. Look, if you put dickheads on, we're going to bash you. You know, yeah, so you know, yeah. I didn't like getting bashed. So you know, I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: you, yeah, yeah. So I, when it started, when the managers came, you said right, we're franchising. Managers came on, took franchises. How many would that? What did you sort of start at, like ten or eleven? No, start at, at six. At six. 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 Okay. Start
1: at six franchises. Yep. Yeah. And then we quickly sold Toowoomba. Um, and then I sold Townsville, I think, pretty quickly after that. So, so what's the what's the franchise area for a, a GJ Gardener? What is it like the town or a yeah, well, population po- base? Well, back then it was like I'd just go shit. We need someone in Mackay, you know. Yeah. it wasn't a great lot of science yeah. involved. That's your it? Yeah, yeah it we is. know we know yeah. there's you know we do some basics. Oh yeah, I'd know that there's a thousand approvals a year in Mackay, so we could definitely have a franchise there. Um, so you know, when you're new, you know, you I didn't do. I didn't even know there was such thing as complex mapping. I'd said to one of the girls in the office, shit, get me all the approvals for Queensland and just put it on a map for me. And then I just went and did it, you know, like just started. I'd say, hey, okay, I want to target Mackay. Go and send a fax, uh, go and do a mail out. I'd go, go to the Yellow Pages, mail out every builder. And I'd send a little brochure that said, we're about to come to your area. Make sure it's you. You know, like it was like a finger pointing. was <laughs> the <laughs> best brochure ever. And Joy then, the like, in the, and US. the fact that they'd fax back a reply. Fax- <laughs> yeah, with a <the> finger. <laughs> and I'd get that. So my thing would be, oh, Monday. Oh, okay, a couple of replies. Right, ring up. Oh, yep, okay. And uh, oh, I'm interested in the French. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, well, he says, listen, what, um, what's this all about? I oh, listen, I give you the skills, resources, and systems to take your business to the next level. Would that interest you? Oh, yeah, but how much is it? No, well, you see, it depends, but I give you the skills, resources, and systems to take your business to the next level. Oh, yeah, but what about software? Oh, well, I, oh listen, I'm actually up there on Monday, on Tuesday, tomorrow, right? What about we catch up at a coffee shop and I just run you through it? Oh, okay. Get off the phone. Book me a flight to Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to say, if you can't get them off the phone in two minutes, yeah, all you had to do with that first thing is get the appointment. Two minutes. If you spend any longer than that, you've lost them. Because I'd be like, get in front of them. Um, and again, there's a now, and you know, I understand different franchises. I've been around a fair few franchise systems now where you do get a funnel of leads coming in. Mm. But back in those days, you know, when a builder rang up, that was gold. So I would be on a plane and go and see Straight it away, you know, so,
0: so, you know, being a, a franchise building company and a pioneer in that area, you're building, you know, you've got builders that are running their own business, you mm. know, um, you know the conversions you've, you've talked about the sales of the conversions yeah. but the other thing that you had to do was build the brand so build the gjs brand as a you know that's one of the primary roles of the franchisor so mm. how did you go around building the brand in the marketplace as the as a you know one of australia's leading builders now
1: mm. well we're pretty lucky in that um you know gjs was pretty well known being it you know, got up to being the number one builder at one point in queensland so it was. A, very only southeast Queensland, so it was very well known in southeast Queensland. So I guess we sort of spread out, you know, from our centric, you know, north and south gradually, um, using that brand name that was already there. So, but you know, we you know, we went to New Zealand, which we'll talk about shortly, yeah. but it was all about, um, you know, showing the, the other compartments, you know, I'd, or the other parts of the franchise. I would explain that you know, a franchise is a hundred little things, not one big thing, you know, like. You know, it's all a little one percenters. It's, you know, plans. Having, you know, we've got all our own plan designs that cost builders thousands each year. You know, that's include We've got plans. We've got purchasing power. We've got um, our computer systems. We've got the manual systems. we got the marketing. we got the website. Back then, websites were new. You know, mm. we've got the the brand name. So anyone that would try and focus on one thing, I would just steer them away. You know, now, obviously, when you're selling, you know, I'd have my 10 points that we would say that this is what we represent, you know, and all those things I talked about. And then obviously in sales, when someone hones in on, oh, I need new designs, well, then that's what you sold them on. But at the end of the day, I'd say, well, if you're focusing on one thing, you're not going to be successful. You need to do all the little things, you know, uh, the 100 little things, right, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we brought to the table.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a it's a mindset shift, you know, in a building in the building industry for people to not just do it themselves. Um, not to be employer or an owner they're a franchisee and they have to do it your way and so you you know you need to manage franchisings about brand and about systems and so you've had to build the systems and and make sure that they're complying and following those systems so how did you go about training the builders to follow systems when that's not their go-to
1: yeah that was interesting and that's one of the you know we used to say what we do you know when we, when I was meeting with sort of builder builders, you know, on the site and stuff is that, you know, we take you, take the nail bag off, put a tie on you, put you in an office and teach you to be a business person, not a builder anymore. You know, we are not not, one thing in our manual said how to nail two bits of timber together. You're a builder, you know how to nail two bits of timber together. We're going to teach you the business skills to run a business.
2: So what, if you, you know, some people are going to be watching this, um, so you got to be careful about what besides you say. Besides his I family, <laughs> yeah. Besides my family, there's three people. Um, but if you a builder comes on, they've mm-hmm. been cracking away for ten years mm-hmm. on their own, and they' doing five homes a year. What would joining your group might take them to? You know, what sort of growth would you expect?
1: Well, obviously. Uh, What do you put caveats on this, that this is not breaching any (laughs) C bloody rules or something? But, you know, I would say that, you know, if you're doing five five homes a year, I'd want to take you to 20 or 30 homes. Yeah. If you're doing 20 homes, I'd want to take you to 50 homes. So, you know, if you're at a five home level, there's a reason why you're at five homes because there's builders out there in your area doing 100, right? So there's a reason why you're doing five or a reason why you're not doing 100. Mm. So my job or our job is to get in there and find out what's missing in your business to take you to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. And what? So what? A lot of that was was always around display homes, salespeople. You know, salespeople and builders are like two opposite the end of spectrums usually in terms of um, people skills yeah. and personalities. And builders hate managing salespeople as a general rule. And so that's one thing we said. look, like, this is how Greg built his business was on salespeople and display homes, and you know how to know. Okay, when you get to this level in houses, you know, you've got to put a supervisor on And when we get to this level, we know we put an estimator on that's how we build the team. You know, they started out early days and it doesn't happen quite as much now because these are fairly, a lot of the sales now are resales. So it's big businesses being sold to sort of bigger builders or people that got some um, that are already established, but you know, back then it would be a husband and wife, team almost, and we'd say, right, get a salesperson and get a secretary that'll we'll kick you off with that you know like and then we'd we'd step them through, okay, if you sell three homes your first month or three homes your next month, well then we'll put a supervisor on so you don't do any more supervising and you know so it would be a um not only just names and systems but a growth plan of how to build that, like you said, yeah. how to take you from five homes because again, it would be one of my and I there's speaking of people listening, but yeah, one of my spills was always, uh, my thing was like, oh, how many homes are you building at the moment? Oh, seven. Oh, perfect. Because what we do is we take the builder doing between five and 10 and help him do 15 to fifty You know, oh, you're doing 20. Oh, ec- perfect. Excellent.
0: <laughs> so, so when you're building your model for the GJs, you know, yes. you decided to go down the master franchising path. I'll get to New Zealand, yep. but, you know, domestically in yeah. Australia, Yes. Um, which I think at the time, was pretty common because Australia is such a big place, and yeah. you know, all of those reasons. But so, talk us through why Master, and then you know, now that it's not, you know, that what's happening now with it,
1: yeah. Look, the reason we actually the first Master, which we'll get onto, was actually New Zealand, all oh, right, but, but then we came back to Australia, and but the reason for Master franchising was that, um. Uh, was that i figured well okay i can only sell you know half a dozen four or five franchises so if i've got someone else doing that then i can double or triple you know i, I saw it as a, a method of random expansion uh, not random, as rapid rapid expansion mm. um and also back then when we did set up those masks you know, there was a lot of time intensive. you know of being on site with the guys like you know I remember the day when we used to set our system up, and you used to have to go in there for three days with CDs and things, to, you know, and computers to set up their local computer thing. You get the local computer guy in, and you know it was very, very um, intensive on the on the ground at those particular offices at each individual yeah. franchise. So it was important to have that local, and still is important to have that obviously local.
2: So just before we get into New Zealand, because this is the fourth time we mention it, so it better be a fucking good, good story. you story, know um, <laughs> He's built it up, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, um, where if, do you do you consider is GJ Gardner Homes a volume builder or a large independent sort of boutique builder? Like, do they do I come to you with my design or do you have a a suite of standard designs. Do you know what I'm getting at? I'm yep, sort of yep. Trying well, to get both. I mean,
1: we originally viewed ourselves just as a volume builder, right? And we were trying to drive down costs, which we still do, obviously. But we we now, you know, we say we give a you know a quality product for a value price, you know, right. like, um, and we have both. We have a heap of our standard plans, and a lot of those are you know quite cost effective to build. But then we had do anything um, because most of our homes now are second, third, fourth home buyers, you know, because we've been around, I think, yeah, for right. so long. We don't, I mean, we do do a, uh, quite a few first home buyers, but it's not like our major market. Whereas, mm-hmm. you, know, we, you know, we've got probably some of the bigger builders in Victoria that just focus on that you know, first home buyer. So it's part of what we do, but definitely not the major part of what we do. And most, we would build very, very few actual. Pure standard plan. So everyone changes something. And that's yep. fine because our systems are very, very easily adapted to those sort of changes, you know. Mm. So. All right, New Zealanders. <laughs> uh-huh. So, first master. Yeah, first master. So, what happened was actually, Greg and I thought we were walking one morning as we did five o'clock every morning. And we said, shit, if we get a franchise in New Zealand, we can have tax free ski holidays to New Zealand. <laughs> There's, a, there's always it's a, a coming plan. So we thought, that's a good idea. So we put an ad in the, in the Herald, like the New Zealand Herald at the time. Just a little <laughs> ad. We said, look, if we can get a franchise over there, it'll be gold. We got inundated with oh, inquiry. Good. I don't know, because we're trying to work it out later. It was because I think partly like obviously Kiwis, a lot of Kiwis come to Australia, but also Greg used to advertise over there for trades when trades were... Um, Scarce mm, yep. on the sunny coast, and we had issues in Australia with trades and stuff. But and we just got inundated with calls. So then Greg came to me and he said, Oh, because we had all these calls. yeah, shit, We're going to need a master franchise in New Zealand. I said, What the hell's a master franchise? He has oh, someone to look after it all. You know, like, you know, we've got masters in James, like they look after like areas. And I said, Oh, okay. And what does that mean? And he goes, So I said, What? So, said, what? so it's just like us? He goes, Yeah, it's just like us. Someone that does it, and they just pay us a small royalty. And they look after it. I said, oh, shit, okay. Actually, I know someone. So I made a couple of calls, and I think it was the next morning I went to mate of mine at Mondo's. I still remember the restaurant in Noosa. And exactly what probably people warn against him and I on the back of a napkin, mapped it out, <laughs> and we shook hands. And he bought the Master in New Zealand with a couple of mates. Wow. And so then we started going, oh, yeah, and yeah, it was, in the day, early days, were cost-cutting, you know. Like i we'd fly across there, and back then, Qantas had no limit when you're a platinum flyer or something. Or well, I don't know how it used to, but we used to take all our brochures in our with very little clothes, so we didn't have to pay any cartage, and take all our brochures over in our suitcases. And then I'd stay at a bed and breakfast just down the road from where really the office was, and truck around trying and we set 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 up four franchises and. Um, and the team over there were brilliant and within a few years we we were the number one builder in new zealand and have been ever since so
0: wow what you so what year are we uh,
1: 90 i think the first franchisee was like 1997. oh so really early really days. early yeah early yeah. Days. yeah so you
0: 96 year franchise franchised in
1: australia well i think yeah we n- end of 95 yeah, yeah 96 yeah so
0: okay and then so then you've got masters in new zealand you've got um you've got masters in Australian well, that's states. where we came back and said, yep. right.
1: Well, let's duplicate this. Uh, you know, let's do what we're doing in New Zealand. So then we went to uh, New South Wales, Victoria, and started setting up master franchises in in our states in Australia. So
2: when did you get involved in the business financially?
1: Well, okay. So when we when we franchised, when the Greg walked downstairs, basically, and franchised, within a few months, he said, well, I don't need any corporate staff. All right we're going to go to franchise, and um, he offered three of us a uh, like a a buy in front like a sweat equity to start with because he said well i'll keep my original six darren you go and sell and when you sell them, that can be part of the new company so um i bought in by sweat equity at the, those first initial couple of franchises Good um and then over the years we the greg and i bought out the other two partners so and you yeah. became ceo 2000 i become ceo of so the group so you're the the group, still yeah. yeah so you're still young only, oh, yeah, 30 yeah, yeah.
0: 26, yeah, 20, oh, 28, 28, 28. Yeah. so the um, and then so the next big thing is mm. the us like so not many Australian systems lots have looked at it yeah. not many Australian sy- franchise systems have you know gone to the home of franchising mm. and actually succeeded and mm. got a footprint over there yeah. so tell us about the you know going to the America story and how did you um, t- take the business over there
1: yeah well, look um Greg had always taught me that you know the hardest step is always like making the decision and getting on the plane. So we just decided that. Well, we had it. We had a, a, a go at it in 2002. Him and I went over to do a recce for a for a, a few couple of weeks and have a look around, and see where where it might be good. Because we'd always said like you know it's ten times the market of Australia. Mm. If we can get like a fraction of the of the market, then it's it's obviously really good. And so. We did a recce over there and then we had a drama with a franchise so we came back and um had to sort that out for a few months and then because it was him and i you know like it just wasn't enough resources to stretch that you know so uh, and then what well, having said did that out that's when a few of the and i'll, I'll just deviate if you don't mind if you just one sec like talking about you know who you listen to in your group and who you listen to as, as franchisors because i remember you know then everyone was saying and particularly the new zealand master where We'd been successful. They all said, what the hell are you going to America for? Mm, yeah. but if I take it back a few steps, you know, when we were operating in Queensland, and said we we're going to operate in New Zealand. All the franchisees said, what are you doing? You've got to get it perfect here first. You know, now, look, don't get me wrong. You've got to have a strong base to go overseas because it's going to cash for It's going to cost you money. Mm. But, you know, the, you don't have to wait until everything's perfect. You've got to wait until you've got the assets and the resources to do it. But then, you know, they're like, you haven't got everything perfect here. You can't set up in New Zealand. Of course, we set up in New Zealand huge success and then the funny thing is it was then the master franchises that said the same or well, had the same sort of comments about oh when we want to go to america it was like well, what are you doing going over there so you know you haven't got everything perfect here you know like there's still more work to be done i said oh, look i know that you know so um, it's careful you know obviously you've got to listen to advisors and, and people that you respect but you know just be careful that you know you don't listen to all the naysayers as well and mm. it's pretty in,
0: easy to, to not do things yeah so yeah to, to actually be entrepreneurial you know you're a, you've got you're you're the finance guy so you, you've got a pretty good understanding of the numbers yeah. for the business you know um so you've gone so, so, you've the, you've so checked two, it out
1: yeah so 2006 um was like okay i'm doing it this time and i said to greg listen um i need a bit of a hand because he'd sort of you know sort of retired when I got, become CEO oh, right, pretty okay. much you know he's built a boat and stuff and so he said oh yeah I said look can you come back and give us a hand for a couple of years you know because we're going to go to America and might need some you know we need a couple of resources and get some things going and we'll have to sell the Queensland master because we are running that still as a sort company we are effectively the master French for us Queensland because I said if I'm going to live in America you know we can't but, be
0: but let's go back to that decision mm. so you've got how many kids at this stage
1: the first time when I only had two kids, yep. and they were like, oh, three and four or whatever.
0: Yep. So that's a big decision to say I'm going to pack the two little kids and yep. wife and go and move to the states. So yeah. So yeah, well, you're really committing. You're doubling down on this this uh, opportunity. Yeah. And the thing, like, I, probably one of my
1: traits, and is I didn't really think that much about it. I thought, <laughs> oh well, that's how hard it can be, you know. Like so, <laughs> I just sort of lobbed in there on a plane <laughs> with a suitcase that a mate that I sort of, well, no, it wasn't even a mate. He was like a friend of a friend. Who was helping out with the master and he was um said i'll pick you up at the airport never met him before so he picked me up and he goes oh by the way <laughs> what do you look like <laughs> we've, got, we've got there's a franchise uh, a business convention in anaheim this weekend so we'll just go there first oh okay he goes yeah i bought a hotel so i've dropped the we just flying from australia so the kids and the wife were at the hotel Next day, I'm a business expert. It was a total failure. It was just rubbish. One of those rubbish ones. It was no good anyway. But then... So anyway, I went down to... Then we... Got, I don't even know how I, remember how I got that apartment. But I got an apartment down in um, La Jolla there in California. And back then, it was like... Again, I told Greg, oh, I can do this. So, like, it was me. It was me and the the master that I'd sold it to. Um, he was still living in Australia. And that was his business partner over there. But he was a bit useless. He was a nice bloke, but, like, didn't really get out of bed too often. Like, so... I'd be wanting to do mail outs and I'd never do these mail outs so I end up doing them all myself, sitting there licking stamps like for a thousand letters to go to like Central California or something. So I just did, you know, set up the you know, went and found printers, all of the like basic stuff, you know, so and I think in the first six months, I think I sold four. In California. In California, um, but of course I sold them a million miles from where I was living, didn't I? Like up in yeah. the valley, so mm. I had to take the five from the La Jolla up to yeah. Visalia or up that way. Yeah. It took me five hours to drive. a drive. No, so nice long up, drive. Yeah, yep. to, and if you hit traffic on the five in LA, you are screwed. So mm. I used to drive up there on a Monday often and leave the kids and wife and and uh, head up there and spend a few days up there, then come back and. But yeah, so I did that. We set the four up, and then I sort of left it to the other guy. The, the, by that time, Greg Detweiler, one of our um, the master franchisees, was back in America. So they, he started to. They took it. On, they they took it back, and not took it back, but they ran with it from there. Mm. Um, and then I moved to Colorado because the son in law of one of our franchisees in uh, Australia. It was a builder in Colorado, and he'd been telling him, "You got to get a hold of this. You got to get a hold of Darren." So eventually, we touched base, and it took me about a year because he was doing some other stuff that um, he ended up wanting to take on them. Well, we talked about taking on the master Venture. so I moved to Colorado for off and on for like about two years. Mm. Right. lived there. So by that time, I had another couple of kids, I think. Um,
0: so two have got green cards. They'll be happy.
1: I oh, know they weren't born there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. So, so um yeah. yeah, so I spent a fair bit of time in Colorado setting that up. And I was actually there, interestingly enough, in 08, would have been when I towards the end of 08 would have been when I come back for a bit of a stint. Um and it was the GFC, you know. Obama had just been elected, you know, like and I was there to I said, right, I'm having a big expansion here, you know, I was going after masters in every state, like I was just hit I was gonna hit it hard. And the gsc hit and i remember like i think it was june july and i remember waking up one morning and then you know i said right we'll go through these uh, you know stock markets crash whatever we'll get on with business and then i started ringing and i couldn't get anyone to return phone calls like it was like everything like mm. you
0: know different than it was going to hell yeah. in a
1: handbasket you know like it was <laughs> crazy over there at that time like in the in the gsc and like things went, went bad really quickly yeah. and that's when i said radio I ran. Gregor I said, "I don't think there's going to be too much expansion, but I'm going to just stay here to support the team because you know, I can see they're going to be hurting pretty, pretty bad, pretty quick. So, I stayed on just to support the team there for a few. For how a many, while.
0: how many states were you in? At that point,
1: we were in uh, Colorado, California, just those two states. Actually, yes. It was <laughs> after that we started Texas. And yeah, you got a
0: few. You ended up with what? What's the most you've had in the state? Oh, around 30 30. 30, 30 states oh no sorry sorry 30, 30 franchises, franchises. franchises. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and then you went to other countries after that
1: yes now if you want to talk about failure that's probably a good place to start <laughs> <laughs> can i just before we <laughs> before we science. get onto the failures <laughs> can
2: i just say have you noticed there's a trend around where they're opening franchises all like good skiing good skiing yeah. why the fuck would you go to Colorado it's beautiful yeah, in Colorado and, and he makes himself out to be a hero to say look I'm going to stick around yeah. for a while yeah. just to make sure they're okay <laughs> <laughs> you my friend are full of shit skiing's not that great in Texas though so
0: he went yeah. did no, well in Texas like, no 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 <laughs> How surprising. Good so, fishing out there, though. Okay. <laughs> so we've, uh, you know, I, I know a couple of these stories, yeah, but uh, yeah. there's a couple of countries that you've, you know, so did you just get the, the spin the globe and start throwing darts at countries? or? There was more people <laughs> coming to me, I think. It
1: was like oh, Back yeah. then, you know.
0: Yeah. Here we go. It'll be France.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Switzerland. No no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not quite as exotic. Um, it was more through, you know, because we're building this large network and it was, you know, franchisees were doing really well. Master were doing, you know, it was a very successful um, you get a lot of people saying, Well, what about this? What about that? I've got a friend here, I've got a cousin there, or I've got an uncle there. So, mm. you know, um, I think first was South Africa. So we, we said, Oh, I had a, a friend that was uh, a ex partner, as in business partner of a franchise in New Zealand that was going back to New South Africa and said, Oh, how about I take the That's master franchise on over there? Mm. And so we thought, Oh, yeah, you know, again, back towards probably those earlier conversations with Bruce and I've had over the years where, you know, you would take on, you know, take people by their word and like, oh, it should be good, you know, you, and you just go and do it. You'd have a, have a crack, so to speak, you know, if the person was a good person, you know, well, let's have a crack, you know. Um, And I, I had four offices in South Africa. So this was pre, this is at the same time we're setting America up. So I was sort of flicking between the two a little bit. Um so I think I set we set four up in uh, South Africa. Um around the well Pretoria, Motorfontaine, which is near, near Johannesburg, um four ways there, and then down at St Francis Bay, I had one, and then over in uh Schlummer Rocks near Durban there. Um so we had a, a bit of a scattering around. Um and Look, it's it started to go okay, but then some you know some holes sort of appeared and South Africa became a little bit of a difficult place to do business and we struggled to get money out of South Africa. You know, half the time it was and we went through a couple of masters. You know, one the original guy had another partner in and they got bought out by another partner and next thing you know, I was in 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 cahoots with a big real estate mob. You know, and I went over and we did a. He goes, oh, we are going to do this? We're going to do this." Big conference, a big um, sales event, right? We're going to, buy to invite all the builders, you know, from around the area. I said, Right, yeah, this sounds pretty good. He goes, You know, you're going to bring some people over to do some demos and do some talks. Yep, yep, right, So I brought some mates over and, you know, we're doing the, I would do the bit of the system talk, but this too. And then the guy in the South African helps up at the end, he goes, Now, for the first 200 people that sign up, then he started to give away stuff. And I'm going, 200? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, thinking of this crazy. Oh, it was crazy. But anyway, um, I don't think any signed up then that night. But anyway, they had a bit of a different sort of slant on on sales. Um, but look, yeah, it became hard, and we we struggled to get money out of South Africa um, in terms of both the government and then you know the, the new master would in the government, and then I'd find it or the bank, and then it was like you know just it really wasn't working. And at the same time, if yeah, I was I decided. Well, another friend of mine had a house in Germany and decided, "Oh, well, why don't we get set up in Germany? And I says, oh, sounds fine. Good idea. And I mistakenly took some money off of family and friends to set that up. So I'll fund the master. And so I got some family and friends to put some money in. Not a good, not fantastic <laughs> idea. No good. Any, um, anyway, so started set up in Germany, but then that was really hard too, because I, was, I had to go over and do the sales, right? And so... I would go over and I'd have an interpreter. Now, have you tried to do jokes to a German? (laughs) I can say this because my wife's German. It sometimes doesn't really work. And the other thing is when it's through an interpreter
0: yeah it's zero chance yeah. of these jokes working so Put i'm more going see yeah, not, the you're not that funny anymore <laughs> no no I'm, and I've, I've got
1: all my jokes down pat you know when i read through that presentation yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm waiting for the ka-ching. And like just nothing and like but anyway we sold a franchise to a, uh, a bricklayer over there but he didn't speak any english so we had to have an interpreter when we tried to train him and that didn't really work either and then so this is all going on at the sort of same time. You know, I've got America happening, I'm flying here, I'm flying there. I remember the first time that I said I'm gonna stop, it was actually after I'd come back from America. And I think I was living in Australia, I had to fly to America for something. And then I came home and I had to fly to Europe. I had to fly to Germany, but uh, I was in the air longer cause I said, oh, I've only got a couple of days. So I said, so I took me 48 hours to fly and I was there for 36 hours. And when I landed, they said, We've got presentations for you. I said, Can someone iron my effing shirt before I get on a presentation? You're know, like <laughs> So I was like cooked, you know, just like oh yeah. tired. So then I remember flying back to Sydney and then someone said, Oh, you need to get to South Africa. So I landed back in and someone sent me to South Africa. And at that point I woke up, you know when you wake up in a bed and you go, Where am I? Where am I? Yeah. You know, it lasted like 10, 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Two minutes. Really? Right? And I went. Okay, enough's enough. <laughs> yeah. Two minutes is too long to wonder where you are. <laughs> and, then, and then I actually went home and I said, no more. Ten days is my absolute, a week is yeah, it, but a ten days is, I'm not. I'm just going to fly. I'm not even going to do anything. I'm just coming home. Yeah, so it was back then that that was all going on um, and the GFC then hit. So this is all happening, GFC hits. And I woke up one morning and went, you know what, I'm being stupid here, right? What we should be doing, and I ran Greg and said, listen, we're throwing our resources everywhere. I said, what's our biggest market? America, right? Yep. Okay, so let's get rid of these other two that have just taken twice as much mm. time as anywhere else for me and mm. doing nothing, you know, not really Noise. helping. Just And focus on one thing. Put our assets and our resources, you've only got so much, put it into the into America. So that's when I said, rightio, yep. So shut Germany down. I wrote a letter to the franchisees because I was pretty good friends with them. You know, I was around traveling, seeing all these guys. Mm. Um, I wrote to them all and said, "Listen, it hasn't worked out. I'm really, you, know, you guys are great, but this just isn't working for us, you or me, really. So, you know, you can use my systems, you can use my name, whatever, for the next twelve months, and just gradually phase it back into your old brand. You know, no harm done. You know, shake hands as friends, and they all come back. Yep, yep, yep." All good, all good. So I know you had one like 10 years later. Oh, I need a visa to come to Australia. You know, can you sign this thing? Say I'm coming to visit you. Yeah, 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 you know, He just wanted to come in for like two weeks. But, you know, they, they, for a while there, it was hard for you know, people to get in. So, so, yeah, come and see me. So he come and saw me. And so still, you know, still were friends with them. But that's how that sort of, you know, yeah. and spent.
0: A lot of money, a lot of time on planes. And, a lot and of money. Yeah, you know, money. Bucket loads. loads.
1: So, yeah. so that's JFC time. So when did you come back from the States? Um, well, it would have been sort of in '09. would have been sort of, I was coming okay. back and i come back and the GC hadn't even hit here, you know, yeah, we were still, yeah. oh, what's wrong with the world? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, what's wrong with the world? Mm. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you come back to Australia, like everyone's just going on about business as normal, I'm going, holy shit, over there, it's like terrible. Carnage, yeah. Yeah. and so um, hit, It hit here about 2010 from my record, I remember seeing the, it was what I sort of noticed it, mm. so it was a couple of years later, but I mean, it was nothing like what we had, what they had in America. So. So how many over there still? Um, we've ebbed and flowed a little bit, and um, we're I think we're like twenty eight or something like that now. But we're just on a bit of a push now. We put some more BDMs on, and um, you know we. It took a while to stabilise things, and we, we're now on a bit of a push. We're We've got a couple of offices in. Indi- we well, more than now. We've got a couple of offices in Indiana. We're opening up a couple of new offices over in Florida. We're in Texas, California, Colorado. So, and are they the biggest franchises? Are they bigger
2: than Australian franchises in general, or that's smaller? the
1: interesting thing? Smaller. Um, it's hard to get the volume building through um, through their psyche. You know, they've got this sort of. You know, over there you've got the big, big builders, and then you've got the the smaller
0: five homes a year, yeah,
1: and. That middle ground is not massive over there, and so we're trying to sit in that middle ground, and it's hard to get people's mind around it. You know, they, oh, we can't compete with the big guys, so we'll just do, you know.
2: Really? Yeah, that's so... Surprising. We, that, I thought it would be saturated around that, at all levels.
1: Um, look, there is, but they're all corporates. There's, there's only one other franchise builder over there, and that's what we thought. Well, how how is it not like a heap of franchises over mm. here, because it's the land of franchising, so to speak, so... But yep. did did the growth translate over there as well? If if taking our five man example,
2: to take him to fifteen twenty, did it? Did no,
1: look, you take him. To, if you took two or three to twelve, they'd be happy, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, we've, we've got some guys that do thirty or forty, so it can be done. But it's mm. just still good growth. I think for it's them. psyche, but yeah, look, you know, and it's a long way to go. We're still, you know, we're we're still relatively new over there. You know, like it sounds mm. like it, we've been there a while, but it's still relatively new, and we're still putting in the hard yards and. You know, we've just been building our team over there as well, you know,
0: um, so. Hmm. I'm going to change tack a little bit. So you, are, you know, finished the accounting degree after wanting to be a chemist and then you end up doing a law degree. So, you know, <laughs> you've well, uh, gone yeah. back to study yeah. and, you know, are you spending too much money on lawyers? Is that what the reason for the yeah. law degree was? What's What, what motivated you oh, to go law back to was, study? Oh,
1: man, that was just a, um, I'd always been interested in it. And I woke up one morning like I do and just make, you know, decisions. I went, you know what? If I start this now in five years time, I can go, oh, well, I'm halfway through, or I can think, oh, I wish I started it, you know, like, so I thought I'd just start it. And I just started, and I got about halfway and thought, this is a bit shit, but now I'm halfway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, so so, it's a bit shit. Did cheap. you finish? Yeah, yeah, yeah finished. He's got a of You're him. a lawyer. <laughs> Fuck off. No, is. not he's, actually a lawyer. No, no,
1: no I, I did the degree, yeah. so I've got a law degree. Know, but but no,
0: but the commitment though—that's the thing. Like he no, he makes decisions quickly, yeah. but he follows through. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like because it's really boring to get wow, some... Wow. some of those law subjects are terrible. Constitutional law? Yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. So, yeah,
2: so when did you do this? When did you do the law?
1: Like probably the when lives? I got back to Australia, mid '09 or something like that. I started. Yeah. So he's not he's not like. I had twenty five kids. Yeah, yeah. he's got <laughs> five kids.
0: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, okay. And um, another thing, so, you know, during the, in particular in the early days, you ended up winning some awards. So, congratulations. Cool. 2001 Young Accountant of the Year Award, 2012 CPA um, Top 40 Under 40 Business Leader, 2012 and 14 um, in the Construction Executive of the Year Award. And also, GJ's won a, I was with you one night when he, uh, GJ's were winning award after award at the FCA Awards, international franchisor and Daz was probably drinking a little bit too much on the way Rubbish. through. <laughs> but so now, congratulations! Oh, thank so you. just you yeah, thank know, you. on all yeah, those that's awards. Very so cool, man. You, you've you, personally and and also the business you've you've done exceptionally well. But what are those awards? You know, you, you've entered those awards and and been nominated. So how's that? You know, shaped you and you know how do you think back on those awards now?
1: I'd sort of forgotten about them, but yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I just don't really. Yeah, don't think about too much. But like um i think back in the back then i think the one that sort of was important was i got um was when there was a young CPO of the year i think yeah. was early on when i was early yeah. on as ceo um with gregor I might not have even been ceo it was, i don't know what year yeah. it was i'm not sure but anyway i do remember um the toughest of you know builders and one of our franchisees it was a real it was it top bloke but he was pretty tough nut to crack and you had to do a lot to you know for him to recognize anything he came up and shook my hand he goes i I read it in the paper congratulations mate on getting that and like and i i I think i i think i moved up a peg or two in 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 his sort of view of of me and i realized that okay sometimes these things are can be good you know because they you know he he and then he influenced the others to say hey listen darren knows what Mm. he's talking about you know like he's he's won this award so you know i'm it sounds like I'm entering all awards, but I've—I I never no, been no. big on really awards, but no, I just someone would nominate me, and I would just I, seem to I get. I think all. it's
0: been a good thing. Like it's—I yeah. know for the brand in GJ's, you know, in the franchising sector, which is you're a building company, so you know, different from a lot of the franchising, but you, you're recognised as such a successful business um, across the by getting those awards. The other thing that you did is during this time is you know, went into other businesses, so both in the building and construction industry with your brother in smith and sons you've got total fit outs you've got good bean which is into hospo you know you i know you've invested in fitness hatch you no know, more recently technology yep. so you've got an that entrepreneurial sense and you know prepared to give things a crack so tell us a little bit about your other investments
1: yeah i think you know when you've rattled those off that that's the part that really uh, gets me invigorated and, and excited is you know those early days you know when you can. You know make a difference and just see the, the the growth is exponential in those early days and it's just fun to be part of a team that's building something and do it and i really i really enjoy it that's why you, you see I've, I've done quite a few of those sort of sort of things so the first probably one we had a crack at was smith and sons and that's because greg and i've been talking about it for a while that you know there's no major brand known if you think about a new home builder everyone can rattle off four or five major home builders if you talk about uh, renovations and extensions or something no one you no, it's just the local builder. Yeah. So that's why that sort of come about, and it was, it was around that time then that I started to, you know, I had a good team at corporate office, which is obviously important, um, and I started to release a, a little bit of my time to do some of these other, see, these other ventures. So, um, yeah, like it, it's it's invigorated. It's just exciting to be to, to be a part of those and and um you know over the years just sort of helped other businesses to to franchise you know like I, I i used to try and get involved in everything but i've realized that you know like if it's you know probably my forte is obviously franchising and or construction so if it's in those sort of and if fits in both of those well even better um where i, get, I see most of my interest you know i'm involved in a couple of angel groups as well um and as you mentioned for hatches you know exciting exciting new venture that i'm really pleased to be a part of too so
0: to just drinking coffee rather oh, than sorry. running coffee shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Um and you know, I know you've only touched on it once or twice, but you're probably more. You know, I used to go up to the Sunshine Coast and um, work out of Darren's office, and I thought, you know, there'd be building staff. You know, they had all, all these different building companies. It was just fish. It was all about fishing. So <laughs> there was all about there was fishing rods, there was pictures of fish, there was boats, there was everything like that. So you're probably your true passion besides skiing is fishing. Like so, yeah. T- yeah. so tell us about the story of how you got your own fishing show
1: okay yeah so i yeah i've i've been fishing for most of my life just as a kid and just grew up catching fish and having fun and um i used to I end up going on uh you know as as we started to do well i used to go on some extended fishing trips you know a couple of times a year and and um then it was for my uh i'm gonna show my age here my fortieth birthday uh one of my mates was um was involved in production of t v shows and stuff and uh for my 40th, he got my a couple of my kids and he got a heap of old video footage of just rubbish and fit, you know, that we'd done. You know, can like, just picture just stuff randomly from fishing trips. And he put together a show that said, you know, got to fish with Dazzle, was cool to start with. You know, like, and it was a half hour show that he put together on a DVD. And that was my, that was um, his present to me for my 40th. I went, that's so cool. I said, next fishing trip, you're coming to film. So he started tagging along and we said, well, what are we going to do? He goes, mate, we'll just make, it was his idea to do um he goes i oh, will make eight second uh, eight minute video clips right so we'll put it on youtube because, because you know if you ever get a tv show you know we need eight minute segments and da da da." so we we're doing that and um doing a few video clips and then we started talking about what what are we going to do that's different and someone come up with the sort of the project style sort of fishing show where we just sit behind a desk, we go away fishing, we come back and we talk because every all other fishing shows are sort of, you know, oh, out site. So we never used to do any talking on site or very, very little. we'd we'd go fishing, come back and we'd sit behind this desk and there was a big stainless steel GT traval giant trevally that I'd bought again on an impulse at some point <laughs> someone made it for me. Very really expensive. Um and then um and we're on this fish so anyway, we've done that. We're on we're on YouTube, da 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 and we're on this I'm on this trip uh up in the Northern Territory somewhere. And anyway, we're on this boat. And um, Blake says, you yeah, know well, what? Because we'd go on with, there was maybe six of us. There might've been three or four other people on this charter. It was like a seven day charter. So we were them for a while. Mm. And he said, what do you got a cameraman for? I said, oh, we just do a bit of a bit of a fun show and stuff. He goes, oh, I'll, let, oh, well, I'll, I'll watch all the fishing shows. I will have seen it. I said, no, no, you won't have seen it, mate. He goes, yeah, no. You I said, no, it's just on YouTube. He goes, oh, okay. Show us some of your shows. So like on the nighttime, they were playing these things. And then at the end of the trip, he says, hey, mate, do you mind if I show your um, video clips to a couple of mates of mine? I said, oh, yeah, no, sweet as, sweet as. And he goes, later on, I found you know who two mates are? The production manager and the the assistant production manager of Channel 7 and 7, mate. (laughs) So we get a call up. uh, I get a call from um, 7, Channel 7, and um, we get an email. And I thought someone was taking the piss because it said, you know, <laughs> come down to Sydney, <laughs> you know, and come and tell us about your fishing show. And so I, I, I rang up the production. go, do you put me that? What, what's this all about? He goes, no, it's not me. It's not me. It looks legit. So we rang him up. Oh, it was seemed to be legit. So stuff it. Let's go down to Sydney. So we go down to Sydney and um, go into the office. And his name was Billy Betts, was the production manager or, or, or you know something like that in, in Seven Mate at the time. And he said, "Look, tell me about the show." And we're sort of talking about it, and we took down a bit of merchandise, a bit of stuff that we'd made up, and whatever. And he said, "Oh, how quickly can you have a, a prototype to it? Like I sort what do you call it? Um, pilot, pilot to us?" And I said, oh, "I don't know." Looked at Mark. He goes, "Oh, a couple of weeks, right here." Yeah. And um, we're sort of talking around in circles, and I'm, I'm not used to that. And I said, "I said, dude, look, I've never done any of this before, so I don't." You know, I'm just, don't take me the wrong way. I'm just but a if talent, we, baby. If, if we're going to do something, what are we going to do to sort of talk about where we go from here? And he goes, well, how quickly can you have, like, a series? I said, oh, I don't know. I looked at Mark, and he goes, yeah, well, look, the boss said we need another fishing show, so, yeah, you guys want to prepare, you're on. <laughs> if we walked downstairs,
0: and we looked at him, did we just sign with Charles <laughs> So now you're a media superstar. Oh my Got your own fishing show. So, so, the, yeah. so how many have you done now?
1: Uh, we've done five seasons of it on Seven, mate, and they sort of rerun it all the time. And I, we're halfway through. Uh, and both your brothers? This. Yep, my two brothers and myself. So yep. occasionally we get guests on. So you know, uh, it's a bit of fun. It's just it's just a lot of fun, and we're different because, well, we hope we're different because we just, when we go away fishing, we're not doing it for the camera because we. We're not very good at that because we like we're fishing to fish to yeah, catch fish. To fish, and we say you get to film, but don't ask us to do anything because if we're in yeah. the middle of catching fish, get out we're out not interested in the camera. So it's very much about, and uh you know, we we just say it as it is, pretty much. And some bloke once said, "Looks like three boats on the piss, just talking shit." And we go, hey, it. <laughs> <Mailed it. laughs>
0: and catching fish, talking shit, catching yeah. fish, and drinking That was beer. the so business plan. So, oh, look, but that's. Funny. Now we're going to wrap up in a sec. So, if you've got any uh, last questions before I, look, I, I you're, you're a bit of an enigma,
2: really, aren't you? Because you're, I mean, you're just a knockabout bloke, accountant, lawyer, talent, fishing
1: talent. <laughs> I tell my kids that, they said, Dad, you're not even a D-lister. I said, <laughs> Because I said because I talked about A lists the other night. I said, "Oh, yeah. what about the B's and C's?" Yeah. I said, "Surely, like a couple of blokes on a fishing show." And they go, "Dad, there's no number for you."
2: <laughs>
1: D for delusional.
2: Oh, oh mate. but that's so. What's next? What's the what, what? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? What's the oh, plan? That's a I big mean, question. It no. is. <laughs> but I mean, there life stories. You I know, but you've done so much. Like oh. obviously, you you've you've got, as Bruce said, you're obviously driven. And you finish it, that you start.
1: So what's next? Oh. Well, I, uh, honestly, I think I'm looking at these, you know, that some of the more of these startups and getting involved in an earlier stage on a few things. I mean, I, I said, uh, I mean, I, re, I, I was supposed to retire. Like, I, uh, I handed the CEO role, as you might as you know, G.J. Gardner Homes yep. to, to Greg's son, Trent Gardner, um, a couple of years ago. And so I was supposed to be sort of retired, but I've never been so bloody busy, you know, like... <laughs> I seem yeah. to, uh, you know, sit around stow- sit around for a little bit, but I can't sort of sit still. Yeah, you so, get mad um, if you didn't. Yeah, that shit. so yep. you know, the idea was to spend a bit more time out fishing on the boat and stuff, and and uh, up in yep. early and and whatnot. But um, I just love life, and I love being involved with people and business. I think just business is my passion, so it's hard to sort of. I go, oh, I've got to stop saying yes to stuff <laughs> just like, but you know, I just I see an opportunity. I just see, I guess opportunity i see you know potential in people mm. and when you see that yeah oh shit oh, fuck. okay i'll give him a yeah. hand you know or, yeah i just want to be involved somehow and, and but i probably lose my patience is probably thinner now as i get bloody older so you know i don't put up with shit anymore and like i probably yeah. get a bit short-tempered occasionally but you know i just love it you know like and um but i'm probably over the mundane like you know like i don't do quite as much as well now with the the mundane things, Bullshit. but it's put more about, okay, how can I help energize this person? How can I give them some ideas? But you know, to be perfectly honest, not do the hard, hard work. Cause I've done that for like, you know, done my 80 hour weeks, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, okay, I might just finish. So the last one is, so tip, you know, we, we just ask our guests just if they've got any tips for for franchisors and I know you've worked with a few people that are thinking about franchising. So mm-hmm. what sort of tips have you got for those emerging franchisors?
1: Look, oh, look, one thing I used to always give lip service was to was find the right people, you know, like not just franchisees or franchisees, but you know, um staff and you know, advisors and stuff and I always used to say, you know, cuz it was the the trend to say, you know, find good people. But in my later years I found out that actually is true, you mm. know, find someone that's passionate, find people that are driven. You can teach all the other shit. Yeah. Um, but find passionate people that are driven and find people that are, you know, you like to work with, um, and life becomes a heck of a lot easier. So even though, I, I know I used to say it for no reason, but it is about the people, um, and it will make your life a lot easier when you find the right people in every aspect of, of life and your business. Yep, So true. You can't, you cannot teach that
2: stuff as you can't teach work ethic. Well. Exactly right. Very different. Oh, don't get me started on that. That's a whole new <laughs> <You do>. podcast. <laughs> That's Another the next thing. podcast. So can I just say that Bruce and I have been talking, he's not aware of this by the way, <laughs> um, that we're looking to diversify this podcast and we thought we might tell, call it, tell us your, your fishing story. Because <laughs> it times it nicely, but we need to get on a boat oh. in the Northern Territory <laughs> to do it. Do so you know anyone <laughs> could support that. Mate, you guys you, are work of an early anytime. Yeah. Mate, you've done well. It's a fantastic story. It's a it's a credit to you. It, it really is. It's fantastic. Long cool. Thanks a thank so lot, mate. Okay. Good on you, mate.